When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Uh, I think Ed tried to do the best he could uh, in, in this year across the board, installing the defense and the scheme that we had kind of manifested together and, and, and hoped that it would come to life. And uh, I, He worked his absolute tail off and, and, and his commitment to trying to make some adjustments and improve uh, was there each and every week, all season long. So um, I'm going to look uh, at every aspect, special teams, offense, defense, personnel with, with Quace all across the board, how we can improve schematically. Uh, you know, all those things are, are for really a different time and, and, and different conversations once we've had a chance to kind of collect ourselves and, and evaluate what took place this year. Judd, can you uh, can you run that through your coach speak translator for us? Yeah, yeah. Two important things he said there. One is I'm going to look at it with Quays. He never said I'm going to to look at this with, with like Ed Donatel, which means that Ed won't be with him. Ed will be elsewhere, golf course, hopefully enjoying a retirement well deserved. The other thing he said that's interesting is schematically. I wonder if we're going to see the three four idea be one year and done. They, um, Just like it was the last time the Vikings tried it in yeah. like 1985 or something. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, they definitely tried to run a system where, unfortunately, they just they didn't have the parts. They didn't have the right parts. Like they literally tried to build a car, uh, but they tried to build a they tried to build like a Corvette or something. And yeah. they they had like GM parts. And I, I mean, down to the fact and look, this surprised me, too. And it probably surprised them. I mean, I don't think they maximized Neil Hunter consistently, and he still had a good year. Great, you know, what, 10 and a half, 11 sacks. But I don't think they maximized him, and that's not talking about, as Dex called them, the slow plotting defenders who were absolutely in over their heads from day, from day one. So, yeah, I think that um, we, we're looking at a new defensive coordinator and possibly the scheme that that person brings. Yeah. How about that for you? No, that's, uh, that's good. Uh, Judge, a, a longtime veteran uh, football reporter. I think anytime a coach gets up there and kind of babbles for two and a half minutes about an awkward uh, situation, Judd's here to help cut through the BS. What does that person actually mean? So this episode, presented, by the way, by TCL, no matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative Technology and a shout out to Surly Brewing Company, the official craft beer of Purple Daily. This episode, we can call this sort of uh, day one of the 2023 season. 
that we we are turning the page. There's definitely things we have to look back on and and dissect. We've done Ventline. We gave you the pie chart of blame episode with the hottest takes from the Giants game and the season. And this is a bonus episode here on this Monday that officially starts the off-season checklist. And I'd like to say thank you because the 2023 campaign is going to be my age 54 season. And I don't have time to look back anymore. I don't have time to lament the loves lost. I got to find a championship before we need some fixes. The Vikings are going to win a Super Bowl before we die. Yes. And, And you've now gotten me closer Vikings. Thank you very much for that. Yes. We need some fixes. So this episode is going to be centered around new defensive coordinator options. And granted, as we record this episode, Ed Donatel remains the Vikings defensive coordinator, but the writing appears to be on the wall. And if this episode can, uh, you know, maybe present some, maybe the Vikings need their memories to be jogged here. It's been a year since they've uh, interviewed defensive coordinator candidates, so maybe we can throw some names out. I have for you guys 10 potential defensive coordinator replacements for Ed Donatel. Well, this grew by three since the last time. My team. It, it used to be seven. Some things have changed and moved around here. You throwing your own name in? in I thought job? about it. Thought about it. Yeah. Old Macadac has some opinions on what could be different, and he'd like to present them to KLC. And I think we should also put an asterisk on this that the players also need to be looked at and examined because oh. half of the Vikings' defensive starters are on the wrong side of 30 and getting older in the next eight to nine months. So it's not you're not just going to snap your fingers, bring a new coordinator in, and poof, the Vikings have a top 10 defense. There's a lot of work here, both schematically and personnel-wise. Draft free agency. They have a busy next few weeks and few months ahead of them. So I don't want this to just like, uh, the only thing they need to change is the coordinator, but this conversation is about defensive coordinator options who are out there. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Yes. Okay. I've been waiting two weeks for this list. Yeah. We've got a few different categories. We'll start with category number one, which is the obvious internal option, Mike Pettin. So he's on the staff already. He's the assistant head coach. My guess is he spends a lot more time internally on the defensive side of the ball, right? Which could be an indictment, by the way. I mean, Kevin O'Connell, we're, we're all focused on Donatel. Maybe Kevin O'Connell right. is kind of looking over side-eyed at... Uh, and Mike Pettin, too, saying, oh, guy, I brought you both in to help run this defense. But he already knows the personnel. He already knows the inner workings. He's familiar with now a year of Kevin O'Connell. And as a defensive coordinator or a head coach, he has helped guide five top 10 yardage defenses in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Now, four of them came under the wing of Rex Ryan with the Jets. And so... You know, do, you, do you look and say, well, okay, he was along for the ride in New York between 2009 and 12. But Mike Pettin has been around a lot of top 10 defenses in his career in football, and he's already internal. So he's the obvious internal option. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm looking outside. I, I guess I've got a question, too. So, like, Pettin was was brought in here to sort of, uh, be O'Connell's bench coach to, to use a baseball term because mm-hmm. he's been a coach before he's been a coordinator as as you said a few times um, I also wonder if he's going to be back like that seems to me to be a very like they're, they're definitely going to parse through the coaching staff now 
Um, I think most guys come back probably. But that being said, Petten was, I think, sort of a, okay, Kevin, if you got questions, blah. So with Kevin knowing more now going into year two and having no idea if they got along really well or not, they might have. Um, I'm more curious about the outside candidates because here's what I want to hear. I, I want to hear somebody that I respect with a fresh viewpoint come in and watch film and say, mm-hmm. this is what you need to do. And if it's going back to a 4-3, that's fine. I think I'd prefer to get outside of the building, though, because if Mike Pettin was effective, doesn't this thing get sort of fixed to a degree? Like, nothing ever got fixed. So. Yeah. so I'm probably out on Mike Pettin. It might be unfair, but that's why. Okay. Dex, any strong takes on Mike Pettin? No, um, I'm kind of a judd, too. If if he was that damn good, uh, why didn't he help influence and change something? I mean, he's definitely an option. He's he can 100% be an internal option, and I'm sure he'll be considered and interviewed, but I'm probably I'm probably looking elsewhere at this point. All right, let's get to the other categories here, okay? Let's get to last year's collection of runners-up, if you will. So they had a chance to go with a number of other options. Yeah. Uh, one of them, I think it's uh, Aubrey Pleasant, actually got – so they interviewed him. I think he was on Detroit staff as well a couple years ago. But he got fired from Detroit as their pass game coordinator and uh, defensive backs coach oh, in October. They were, awful. They, they were so, terrible. Oh, so my God, were they bad. His stock has fallen. But a couple other names that they interviewed last year, Sean Desai. So he – this is an interesting one. He is currently uh, the associate head coach and a defensive assistant with the Seahawks. Previously, yeah. he was the defensive coordinator in Matt Nagy's last year in Chicago in 2021. Yep. Uh, and a safeties coach with the Bears. He he was with the Bears from like 2013 through 21 through multiple head coaches. And anytime a guy kind of sticks around through a coaching change, it means, okay, wow, we're going to... Like Keenan McCardell stuck around through a coaching change because he's a damn good coach. Mm-hmm. So to me, the fact that Desai, they already interviewed, they already liked him. He's, he was good enough in Chicago to stick around through some chaos and coaching changes. And he was part of that Seattle Seahawks defensive staff that took a bunch of young defenders and turnover. I mean, think about the changeover in Seattle mm-hmm. and made them a formidable, pretty good defense. It wasn't the Legion of Boom that we saw 10 years ago, but there's a couple. They like literally took a couple of random mid-round draft picks and turned them into viable starters in the blink of an eye overnight, and he was part of that whole thing under Pete Carroll. And I, I want a coordinator who's going to come in here and be aggressive, I want a coordinator who's going to come in, in here and not basically allow the play to come to him, but take the play to his opponent. And so, yes, if that's what you're, if that's what he would bring, then I'm definitely intrigued because if I, you know, playing a shell coverage, I get, it's not the end of the world, but the Vikings amount of passive defensive play and allowing themselves, allowing the offense to dictate the play drives me absolutely crazy. I would far rather lose and go down swinging on defense than lose because, you know, my guys are chasing guys or I'm in the shell. So, yes, this would intrigue me much more so. Okay. I'll give you another name here, too, from last year's batch. Anthony Weaver they interviewed. So Weaver actually spent like six or seven years as a player with the Ravens and the Texans back in the early 2000s. And then he came back around. He's been in the NFL as a coach for about, 10 years or so, Jets, Bills, defensive line coach, Bills, Browns, and then back to the teams he played for, Texans for a few years, 
as a defensive line coach and defensive coordinator. In the last two years, he's been with John Harbaugh's staff in Baltimore as a defensive line coach and run game coordinator last year and an assistant head coach and defensive line coach this year. So he has limited coordinator experience, but John Harbaugh has him very high up as the assistant head coach with the Ravens right now. Um, I don't know a lot about what he would bring necessarily or how he did in the interview, but he is someone to keep an eye on because they showed great interest last year. Let me get you to my favorite category. O'Connell Connections. <laughs> I have two guys in this category, starting with a guy that's actually getting some head coaching steam right now. I believe he's interviewing with the Colts and maybe the Panthers. Ejiro Ivero was the Broncos defensive coordinator last season. He took over. Um, he's young. The Broncos, even after Vic Fangio, have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Quasi worked with Ivero in San Francisco. KOC worked with him in Los Angeles. He was mm. the secondary coach under Sean McVay. And so those two guys, so, so Quasi, KOC, and Avero all have time spent together. And he's on a list of kind of fast-rising future head coach. But that staff is getting blown out because Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett got fired. And they're talking to Sean Payton, who might bring Vic Fangio back to Denver as a coordinator. So guys like Avero are just kind of sitting there wondering, I mean, I guess he could go back as a coordinator, but right now he's just free to go have conversations elsewhere. Yeah, and he did, according to his Wikipedia, he was offered the head coaching job too um, in Denver. So, I mean, he's definitely got chops. Interim. Interim, interim coach. Yep, the interim oh, coach. Important, imp- important, important disclaimer. But, yes. He turned it down. He, he turned t- the interim job down. Yeah. But, I mean, that Broncos defense is pretty good. And also, like, I understood. I know revisionist history. We can go back. But I understood why he gave it to Ed Donatel because he's a veteran dude. He's been around a long time. And you just said, all right, this guy's done it forever. And he can hopefully, you know, change this defense and make it better. But, I mean, Averro is 42 years old. We're kind of moving, we're moving towards the old Coggard guys that just because they have done it a while doesn't mean you're most qualified for it. I think Averro actually intrigues me potentially the most so far on this list. Here's his resume. So he played for a minute with the Raiders in 2004, and then he went into his coaching career. UC Davis, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 07 to 09. That might have been under John Gruden, the end of the John Gruden run. Um, or maybe it was uh, Raheem Morris. I can't, I'm, it's I think it was somewhere Raheem in there. Morris. He was a defensive quality control coach. Uh, 49ers, this is where he ran into Quasi for a few years. So 49ers, offensive assistant and defensive assistant. So he, so both sides of the ball. I like that. For, for like four years. Packers in 2016 as a defensive quality control coach. Then he became the safeties coach under McVay for four years in Los Angeles. Secondary coach and passing game coordinator with the Rams in 2021, and then defensive coordinator with this Broncos defense that was excellent this year. And like Declan said, 42 years old, kind of a, a fast riser, not a ton of coordinator experience. But if you're going to get younger on defense and you're going to bring in a Quasi and KOC connection, this would seem to be a fit. You should ask uh, Booney what he knows about this guy especially if he was in San yeah. Francisco from 2011 to 2015 in three different sure. roles. He probably has a familiarity with him at, at some text point. text him around. Yeah, I'll t- maybe he'll get back to me during the show here. Dude, I love And you him. know what? I, I think coordinator experience is not the most important thing. Like, he's got – he's worked a bunch of di- different uh, coaching jobs. The Broncos were very good defensively. They were obviously a train wreck offensively, but that was on Hackett. So – 
I don't think it's important that the guy has a lengthy um, time spent as a coordinator. I do think it's important, though, that, and this is the most important thing, um, that he has a view of, of the National Football League and offenses that he has to dissect for 2023. Yeah. Um, you know, again, the role of the linebacker is changed. When you literally just leave Kendricks and Hicks out there, they're my linebackers you don't get where the league is going. And yeah. my guess is a guy like this does get that. All right. I'm going to give you maybe my favorite dark horse name on this list. I have not seen anything specific connecting him to the Vikings. The only thing I've seen is that he's in the mix for the Alabama defensive coordinator job. But let's talk about Jim Leonard for a minute. So Jim Leonard was the longtime defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. Long time meaning like five or six years. And then he became the interim head coach after after they started to blow staff members out this year. Jim Leonard and Kevin O'Connell spent time together for a couple of years with the New York Jets, you know, 12 years ago, whatever it was. He spent 14 years in the NFL as a defensive back. And then went, he's a Wisconsin native, only 40 years old, by the way. So family probably from upper Midwest. I'm sure he would be open in terms of like where he'd want to live. Um, but he is regarded, and I'm going to read you something from 24-7 sports here. And we've watched enough Badgers football. If you're a Gophers <laughs> fan, like, they have really good defenses. So here's a write-up from 24-7 sports. Over the last five seasons running the Wisconsin defense, Jim Leonard led them to top five total defense top uh, five times in five years, top ten scoring defense four times in five years, During that period, the Badgers ranked third in scoring defense overall over the five total years, first in yardage defense, first in pass efficiency defense, and third in rushing defense, and and, uh, also first on third down percentage given up over that five-year span. Hmm. In addition, their 112 takeaways tied for fourth most among Power 5 schools. So Jim Leonard... His last year in the NFL was 2014, took a year off, and then he's been, he was at Wisconsin from 2016 through 22. Mm-hmm. But now that they hired, is it Luke Fickle, right? They hired Luke yeah, Fickle? from Cincinnati. Um, and he's, he's not, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if, if they'd be open to him going back, but he, there's been a lot of chatter about him jumping to the NFL, where, again, he played for over a decade. Something to keep an eye on there. Young Bright so defensive mind with a connection to Kevin O'Connell. They, they cross paths with the Jets as players then. Correct, yes. Okay. I don't know. Maybe they hate each other. I I don't know. <laughs> right. But they were they were teammates. And my you guess is they were they were probably affable or friends. That's if my guess. If Jim can coordinate a defense <laughs> successfully, Kevin O'Connell could hate his guts, but he won't care. Um I think he would come in too and he would he would bring some I mean it's it's not like oh they're bringing a college guy in. No, they'd be bringing in a 14-year NFL veteran right. that played for the Bills, Ravens, Jets, Broncos, Saints and Browns. Uh so it's one thing if you're bringing Matt Rule in, right? And okay, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. You'd be bringing in a former longtime NFL player here. So any thoughts on Jim Leonard? I'd probably put him so far from what you've gone through, I'd probably put him second on the on my list, the Denver guy really intrigued me. Okay. Um, I, I think that that's a. I think that would be considered a home run. I think, I think, Leonard would be a good hire um, coming from college, but I don't think that that you can definitely, to your point, hold that against him because he did play 14 years. Uh, so I'd probably put him second on my list right now, okay. behind. All right. Next category, 
The category yep. is still technically employed, but dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Let's start with Brandon Staley. Again, maybe he gets fired How's while we're recording this. I don't know, dude. How does he have a job right now? I didn't, I didn't lead with him because this could get outdated quick if, uh, if they <laughs> yeah, announce an extension idea. or something. But uh, So who knows? But he's he was the defensive coordinator with the Rams in 2020. They had the number one defense in the NFL, and that helped vault him to get, you know, Sean McVay tree, number one defense as a coordinator, and that got him the Chargers job. But we're kind of seeing how, how that's been going. Interestingly, he was uh, kind of one of us. He was a coach at St. Thomas in 2009 as part of his fast-rising resume. So Brandon Staley's defenses with the Chargers have been suspect to terrible. And we saw that meltdown in the second half, obviously, against the Jaguars. But Brandon Staley, if he popped open here, would you bring him in? Um, I think Kevin O'Connell might. And so, yeah, there there is... Definitely a relationship there. Um, he strikes me as a name if, if he gets fired by the Chargers, which, my God, if he do, if he does not, I'll be shocked. But um, he strikes me as a name that would be on the list. I got to be honest, since we first brought him up, things have not gone exactly well. And, I mean, Saturday was just a complete meltdown. I don't know that he would be atop my list now. Uh, but I do think if he became available... Uh, and O'Connell, the the thing to keep in mind too is like, what's your scheme, and how, how much is O'Connell wed to the scheme that he desires? Like, from he didn't hire Ed because he loves Ed. He hired Ed because he thought the Fangio scheme is difficult to play against, and so I can hire yeah. Ed to basically run that scheme. So that being said, Staley would bring a scheme that O'Connell knew from their time with the Rams, which O'Connell might be very comfortable with. I I would think that that might give him a leg up. But after the meltdowns that the Chargers have had, um, it would give me cause for pause. Let's just say that. Okay. Uh, I mean, when he was the D.C. in 2020, like that Chargers defense was the best in the NFL in terms of points and yards, but it's eroded hard. It just also just goes to show how difficult it is to continue to build a really good defense yeah. and it be, be locked in year in and year out. It's really tough from that. I don't know. Um I think if you know you took away some of those head coaching duties, is he a is he a hall of a really good coordinator type? Like, is he just better served as being a really good coordinator? And and the head coaching is very difficult to do. We saw Nathaniel Hackett melt down at it. Brandon Staley's not good at it, but is he a really good coordinator? He's on my list. I don't know if I would have him as my favorite though. Yeah, it's hard because it's such a small sample size. You know, he's he's he was a coordinator for one year. Some of these guys that just you rise up fast under. A great coaching tree. Yeah, yeah. McVay, like, like, be free. Go coach a team. And you're like, ah, I'm not really ready for that yet. Yeah, I think I do think we've seen that Brandon Staley's general personality, demeanor, countenance doesn't it doesn't feel very head coach like. It feels like mastermind behind the curtain kind of a personality. And so maybe to Declan's point, that's what he's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, he he went from put it this way. Five years ago, he was at John Carroll University as a defensive coordinator and secondary coach. Yeah. He was at John Carroll, James Madison, back to John Carroll, and then all of a sudden he's coaching with the Bears in 2017-18, Broncos over to Rams, Chargers head coach. So to go from low-level college football to NFL head coach in six years as a 40-year-old, 
tells you something about how impressive he is behind the scenes. So I'm interested to tap into that as a defensive coordinator. He would he would be high on my list. You know, ultimately, the best coordinators get head coaching jobs. Most head coaches get fired. Their stock comes back down, but it doesn't mean that they're now worthless as football coaches. It just means, okay, maybe they rose up a level higher than they should be. If he's meant to be a defensive coordinator, why not here? My question is this as well. So uh, Staley is a, a Fangio disciple. Would Fangio's words carry as much weight as they might have a year ago with Donatel? So, like, because Staley is like, a, you know, he learned at the foot of Vic in Chicago. Yeah. So I guess the question is this. Do do the Vikings as a whole, probably starting with O'Connell, but also Quazy and, and uh, Grigson, do they still have as much faith that the Fangio system works as well as they thought and that Donatel was just a buffoon and couldn't install it and that Staley can? If they do and Staley gets fired, that actually could move him to the top of their list fairly quickly. I just, I'm, Saturday is still so recent and that meltdown was so epic that I, I'm a little bit scarred by it as I talk about this. Yeah, but, but there's like, you know, think Which about what's his name? Uh, Dan Quinn oversaw as a head coach Absolutely. the biggest meltdown in Super Bowl history. Yep. And then he got fired a, a short while later. He's still a really good coordinator. Yes. So. And that's what I'm saying is I'm scarred by it, but that's probably not fair. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going through the still technically employed list. This name probably meant more 72 hours ago, but I'm going to I'm going to keep him on here. Raheem Morris, who they did interview as a head coaching candidate last year. He's still the Rams defensive coordinator. Now, before Sean McVay announced he was coming back, he told all of his staff members, "Go seek other jobs." And so Raheem Morris is getting head coaching steam again. The Colts are interviewing him. He might have another one or two lined up. If he winds up back as a defensive coordinator, it probably is with Sean McVay. Yeah. But, you know, McVay opened the door and said, you're free to go search for other jobs less than a week ago. Right. But the Rams, I believe that those guys, while being told that they could certainly sniff around for jobs, I think Morris is still under contract. So technically now I think the Rams they could, could block, block that. Yeah. Because it's coordinator to coordinator. So, yeah, I think the ship has, has sailed there. And who who knows he he might get a, a job because we we went through him we talked about him as a candidate for the Vikings position last year and it was pretty impressive yeah like he's got attributes that could certainly give him a chance to be a head coach again also on the still technically employed list Gerard Mayo oh yeah Patriots linebackers coach since 2019 he's one of the fastest rising position coaches you know, he's 36 years old he was still in the league not that long ago. Now, there's reports out there that the Patriots are trying to secure him long-term. They're sort of coming to terms with, yeah, this whole uh, we don't have coordinators, we just have coaches thing didn't work out so well for them yeah. last year. Now, yeah. he was teammates with Kevin O'Connell in New England back in 2008, and um, a coordinator job would be a step up. Now, are the Patriots just going to elevate him to defensive coordinator they're, they're, they they understand how great of a young coaching prospect he is, and they are in negotiations to, to get him locked up, but nothing is official yet. So could you swoop in and interview him for a coordinator job? The Browns tried last week, and he said no. So I think he's, he's close to, yes, he's close to actually having a title with Belichick that's going yeah. to make him important. <laughs> so my guess is if, if you're trying to find a coordinator, he's going to stay with the Patriots here. Um 
But I mean, unless you like the Vikings more than the Browns, which is entirely possible, I guess. But my my guess is that he will probably just stay with the Patriots. Yeah. Um, this next category for you guys is presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just because the Vikings are done doesn't mean you can't still gear up for divisional round weekend or even tonight. There's still a super wild card weekend game tonight between Dallas and Tampa. You pick between two and five players. And an over-under on their projections, you can win up to 10 times on any entry. You can also run cross-sports entries, NFL mixed with PGA, mixed with NBA. Use the promo code NORTH and Price Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Check out the app or pricepicks.com. Um, also, a shout-out to our friends at Finch Home Solutions, helping uh, bumbling guys like us around the house, Judd. Yeah, that's right, Phil. And I not only talk about Finch because I believe in what what they do. Cody and his team do a great job, but I also use them. In fact, they're coming out Tuesday because I've got some ele- electrical issues in my, my house. No, Declan, I'm sorry <sighs> about that. It's not a, a hot tub. It's it's a flickering light. It's some other things that need to be taken care of. And it only takes one call to Finch to get any issues in your, your home solved. This is the time of year where you want to make sure, for instance, smoke detectors, carbon monoxide, detectors are working properly finch can make sure of of that don't take chances finch by the way right now same day emergency uh, same day and emergency services available to help you at any hour finch also offering a free home safety inspection to all our listeners uh be sure to tell them that you heard about finch on score north because there are special deals for you visit finchhomesolutions.com or call them 612-357-2604 FinchHomeSolutions.com. Cody and his team have your house covered and your safety for your family, which is the most important thing. FinchHomeSolutions.com. All right. All right. Here's the last two. So we've, we've gone through eight of the ten here. And by the way, there's there's so many more options out there, too. If, if you guys have names that you think we should look further into or talk about on the show that could be defensive coordinator options, send them our way. And we'll do a, another episode on this. We'll expand the list to 12, 15. 100, 100, 100 names. These are just 10 of the names when you look at different groupings here, okay? So this category is long shot grizzled veterans. Oh, no. His you name has come up. <laughs> well, his name has come up a lot over the last year. So let's just talk about him directly. Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio has an interview lined up this week with the Panthers. For defensive coordinator, he's been linked to Sean Payton as like, you know, wherever Sean Payton lands, then maybe he'll be the defensive. So he's he's open for defensive coordinator business, so to speak. He's in his mid-60s now. Right. But over the last 11 years, as a head coach and a defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio has coached six top 10 yardage defenses in the last 11 years. So if anyone can make the Vic Fangio system work, it's Vic Fangio himself if you give right. him the right personnel. Now, he might look at this and say, well, man, five years ago, hell yeah. Give me Eric Kendricks. Give me Harrison Smith. Give me Patrick Peterson. But with the amount of rebuilding that needs to be done on this defense, I don't know that the Vikings would be on his top. If if, if Vic was doing this list of who, which teams could I help coordinate? I don't know that he would look at this personnel and say, yep, that fits exactly what I want to sign up for. So the, this one definitely intrigues me because the Vikings, the one place in this league where there is not a cap and where, where you can pay is coaching staffs, which is why the Vikings coaching staff is huge because they actually spend a lot. Yeah. Um, 
And Vic Fangio intrigues me. He would certainly require a big payday. I think here's the question. And what I like about this is I'm never, I'm not a huge fan of, well, this guy knows this guy, so we're going to hire him because that can often lead to Ed Donatel. But Vic Fangio, if you want what he does, like if this is your ideal defense, then I say you pursue him. But here's where the rubber meets the road in this conversation with a guy like Vic. Vic's going to come in and he's a crusty guy. He ain't going to sugarcoat it. He ain't going to say, yeah, you know, Kendricks, I can get a little more toothpaste out of that tube. And he's going to tell you that you need to make substantial personnel changes to get what, if you're going to run his scheme. And, you know, the one thing that we ran into a little bit as O'Connell was, uh, was brought in for the job and the Wilfs felt a loyalty to certain players is how willing are they going to be to cut bait? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think Fangio is going to, going to suffer fools here and say, Oh, I'll just make this all work. I think he's going to tell you, you got to dump some players who have been here a long time that the Wilfs like, and that the team likes. So that would be my question. Because I mean, the one thing that they obviously screwed up in getting Ed was they also tried to marry their current players with that. And, and that didn't work at all. Yeah. So Vic's not, I don't think Vic's going to say, I'll make it work. Vic's going to have a bunch of job opportunities and say, whoever gives me the best, uh, the best ingredients, I'm going to go with them because I can make the three, four stew. I agree. I agree with that. That's why he's a, a long shot veteran. And I'll throw this other one. This is a guy that I think is in the mix for the Browns defensive coordinator job right now. This is a man who has coached multiple top five defenses in his career. He's only 56 years old, despite seemingly having been around forever. Defensive assistant with the Titans last year, Jim Schwartz. Oh, he loves the wide nine. Oh, he loves wide nine. Jimmy Schwartz loves, I hate the wide nine. Jimmy Schwartz loves the wide nine. I mean, if you're looking for a, a competent veteran to run your defense, yeah, Jim, Jim Schwartz has been pretty damn good throughout different stops in his career. Now he now he would go back to a 4-3. My guess is that he would maximize, assuming he's back, and I think he probably is at this point, as we discussed this the day after the season ends, Daniil Hunter. Uh Zadaria Smith would be gone for sure because he wouldn't he he is a he is a stand-up three four guy. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, an, another solid guy. My guess is the lack of connection to O'Connell might play a role in this not in this being a non-starter. But yeah, I, this, to your point, Phil, he has been around forever, and he has coordinated some defenses that have been really good. Head coach, yeah, coordinator, I think he's pretty damn good. Actually, you know what? I lied. Let's make this list eleven. <laughs> Since we're in the, this wouldn't really fit the like grizzled veteran because he's only forty-one years old. But Brian Flores is also in the mix for some for some jobs here. Now, funny enough. I don't think Brian Flores has ever actually been a coordinator before. He was a head coach for three years in Miami. He was a linebackers coach and a safeties coach for six or seven years in New England. He was on that New England staff for like nine years, but not as a coordinator. Yeah. And then this last year, he's been in in, uh, Pittsburgh under Mike Tomlin as a senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach. So he would technically be getting his first crack as a defensive coordinator. And he's he's actually way younger than I, I I would have thought. Hey, he's probably getting closer to like fifty years old, but he's only forty one years old too. Mm-hmm. Now his some of the stories that came out about just his approach to leadership, 
do they fit with Kevin O'Connell's approach to building players up, tight leadership? Right. Um, Maybe not, but that's a name. It's a credible name that he will get a job as a coordinator somewhere at some point. And so let's throw him out there as an 11th name here. Who's your guess, you guys? Um, if O'Connell could take that list and pick one, who who's your guess? Can we that let's do a three? Let's ambitious. do a, a short a three a three man list to start with. Mm-hmm. Let's combine on a three man list, and then we each pick who we think it would be. I think okay. Petten's on it because okay. it's the easiest thing. Okay. Boy, I'd prefer that that KOC eats difficult conversations for breakfast. Um, I think, I think I think Sean Desai is on it. Yeah, I think Brandon, they already interviewed him. I think Staley is. Uh, Ivero is. Friends. Ivero. Mm-hmm. But Ivero, the thing is, like, Ivero is getting head coaching interview steam right now. So he's going to have to go through that whole process. The timing of this could be interesting, too. Like, are you going to yeah. wait for Ivero to finish if he's a finalist for some head coaching job? So maybe it is. Maybe it's, well, okay, let's take Petten off then. So maybe it's, for the external guys, maybe it's Staley, Ivero, and Sean Desai. Yeah, because Staley would be the Staley would probably be the proxy for Fangio, because I I mean that's his that's that's what he learned, so it makes some sense that he would be the guy. Yeah, I could see that. Okay, and then it's and then who from that three? I love how we're just hiring a defensive well, coordinator. Well, Staley today you can't hire yet because he's still employed by the Chargers, and I, mean, I don't know why. If you called the Chargers right now and said, hey. "Well, they'd have to pay him either way," I guess. Said, hey, what if what if we well, just uh, solve this problem for you? Well, you would offset though, because I, I'm sure that his contract says if he gets fired and gets a job, that okay. the Chargers can subtract what they're paying him from what you're paying him. Yeah, offset in the contract. So, oh boy, I mean, I think Staley would be his top choice. They're friends. He knows the defense. You know, again, unless unless we hear that somebody's come downstairs and said, "Get Kevin, your idea to run the three four was stupid and it's gone," I don't know. I have no information that he's going to abandon yeah. the plan. The coordinator, yes. The plan, no. I don't know. What if it's Jim Schwartz <laughs> bringing another? Just bringing another hard wide nine, baby, wide nine. <laughs> you, you you recall when when the Titans got good and Schwartz got the job with Detroit, he had. His wide nine guy, his end was, if I'm not mistaken, Kyle Vandenbosch, mm. who was actually really good at the time. Kyle Vandenbosch. Kyle Vandenbosch. Yeah. Just coming in, getting sacked. <laughs> yeah, I think my guess is if if an odds maker came in here, you know, assuming Staley got fired, if Staley was available, Staley would be the odds-on favorite. I think one of the guys they interviewed last year, like Sean Desai would probably be number two, Mike Patton, because he's already on the staff. It would be a it would be a real ballsy move to just blow out the two grizzled veteran defensive guys that you brought in as an assistant head coach and as a defensive coordinator after the first year. And wouldn't it also be? I mean, it's kind of an indictment on your ability to I, to be firing guys like that after well, your first year. This would look better if Donatel just retired. And Petten remained on the staff, and they yes. brought in Staley or something. It would and, it would look less chaotic. And Petten might. And if I'm not mistaken, when Petten uh, was a DC, he ran four threes, right? 
He didn't yes. run three. So I uh, he no he dabbled in he dabbled in both. So I think if, he but, dabbled in both. But if Petten was smart, he also at least internally created some real separation between him and Ed. Mm-hmm. I know what happened there, KLC. <laughs> that was Ed's call. Ed's son helped out with that game plan. Like I'm saving my own behind if I'm if I'm Mike Petten and I liked this job, I'm saving myself. Well, let us know. What do you guys think? Let us know in the Purple Daily YouTube comment section. What other names would you add here? What other names should we talk about? Are there names on this list that you should be aggressively going after? Jim Leonard's one that I actually, I, I, there's just been no, I, I, he hasn't been interviewed at all by an NFL team, so maybe he just wants to stay in college. But if Nick Saban pays him a bunch of money, you could make like a million dollars as the d- defensive coordinator at Alabama. So we'll see. Yeah, but but the question to to your point is for a, for a guy from Wisconsin, does he want to go there? I'm sure he's got – because he's not old. He's probably got young kids. So, like, there might be – it might be more, if, if he could do it, if it becomes an option, palatable to move here than Bama. So, yeah, there you go. Work. All the defensive coordinator talk you can eat, <laughs> with all due respect, of course, because the job is not available yeah, yet as not. we record and Tomorrow this. we're going to have a quarterback list, guys, that can replace Kirk Cousins. Wow. Wow! Look at you. Just always I'm joking. One step okay. Too far. I'm joking. I'm I, kidding. I was. I, I was honestly. I thought he was serious. I. I didn't think you were joking at all. Do you have that list? You ready? have that list. Yes, you do. I, just, I don't. He has. The I've list. had the coordinator list. I just opened the drawer. Oh I just God. opened the drawer. There's a piece of notebook paper. God. All right. Let's Football. let's stop before Judd goes any further here. Thanks for hanging out. For a little bonus episode <laughs> here as Salisbury. we start the look ahead on Purple Warren Daily. Moon.